You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to DolphinsTalk.com Daily, the most listened to daily Miami Dolphins podcast on the internet. Come on, Dolphins fans. Time to fins up. Hello, Dolphin fans. You are listening to DolphinsTalk.com Daily. I'm your host, Stephen Masso, on this Wednesday, May 19th. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at the Dolphins' schedule. I'm sure it's been discussed at pretty great length, but I want to give some of my thoughts, some of the good, some of the bad about things that are on that schedule. Again, it's very early to make a huge, just grand prediction, but we're going to be taking a look at it nonetheless. A few other things. The guys are back out there in practice. There aren't any necessary notable plays or any of these wow moments to kind of sink our teeth into, but there are still some notes nonetheless. Again, there have been some press conferences with some of the guys, uh, including a lot of the rookies. I want to talk about that as well as some of the veterans like Miles Gaskin. A lot of people are very high on him right now and him uh, really taking a big leap in this upcoming season. So that will also be discussed. But overall, that is how today's episode is going to look. So first, we will begin with the news about the Dolphins schedule. You guys have probably heard about it in previous episodes, but the Dolphins right now have the 20 27th ranked uh, strength of schedule. So that again would mean that they have one of the easier ones. Number one on the list would be the hardest. So number 32 would be the easiest. Given that they are at 27, that means that they have a relatively easy schedule. Again, the metric being used here uh, is the 2020 win-loss records for their opponents. So again, take it with a grain of salt. Teams aren't always going to be as bad or as good as they were in the seasons prior. We've seen teams like the Buccaneers, of course, take a big leap once they make some huge offseason additions. So again, take it all with a grain of salt, but as it appears based on the 2020 season, the Dolphins have a relatively favorable looking schedule. So the first note to take away from this schedule is that the season will begin the same way that it started last year in terms of their opponents. Hopefully it doesn't follow the same outcomes, but the season will begin in Foxborough against the New England Patriots, and then the following week will be in Miami against the Buffalo Bills. So again, that will be familiar because that is how the season began last year. As you guys might remember, the season began with a loss against the Patriots. Cam Newton was running all over the Dolphins defense. And then in the following week was the week that Noah Igbenogany had a really tough outing. and He was really put into a difficult position. Josh Allen had a field day against the Dolphins secondary. And those were two very tough losses to begin the season. So the Dolphins will begin with the same opponents, same atmosphere, hopefully a different outcome in those first two games. Then the next week they will be in Las Vegas against the Raiders, then they move back home against the Colts, then they go on the road in a tough game against Tampa Bay, then they have their London matchup against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they are back home against Atlanta on the road against Buffalo, they have two home games back-to-back, one against Houston, and then a Thursday night game against the Baltimore Ravens, you might be getting some bad flashbacks about the Dolphins' last outing on Thursday night against the Ravens, then they have uh, an away game against the New York Jets, they follow that with 
two home games back-to-back, one against the Carolina Panthers and the following one against the New York Giants. Then the Dolphins will have their bye week in week 14. They will stay at home after their bye in week 15 against the Jets. Then two away games back-to-back against the New Orleans Saints and the Titans. Then they will finish off the season in week 18 against the Patriots at home. So to take a big look generally, I think I have to agree. This is a pretty favorable schedule. I think as far as the harder teams on this schedule, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, they are the former Super Bowl winners. But if you look at Tom Brady's history, especially when the Dolphins would play against him in Miami, even though this is a home game for the Buccaneers, it will still be taking place in Florida. This could follow a recipe that we've seen when the Dolphins played them back at home. So I wouldn't necessarily bet on this. And the way that I'm looking at this Buccaneers game, if this indeed is one of the tougher games on paper, I still don't know if it presents as difficult of a challenge as the one against the Kansas City Chiefs last year, where the Dolphins really did give the Chiefs a run for their money. Now, I will say probably one of the tougher games on this entire schedule is going to be the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Dolphins played them last year and they got destroyed on both occasions. So it's clear that they need to develop some sort of plan against the Buffalo Bills in particular if they want to have success because it was clear that second time around, they didn't do anything to really adapt to what we saw in the first week. So the Dolphins will need to have a specific plan and how to address their issues against the Buffalo Bills. But aside from that, I think there is a ton of winnable games. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens game could be tough. The Dolphins have struggled in the past against these two-dimensional quarterbacks, dual threat guys who can run. So that might be a little bit of an issue. The Tennessee Titans are going to present a challenge. Derrick Henry, presuming that he is still playing at this part of the season, that game could be tough. The Dolphins have struggled against the run. Could be a Ryan Tannehill revenge game in that game as well. But outside of those, I think there's a ton of games here where the Dolphins will enter as the favorites. I mean, the Colts are going to be completely dependent on Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz has been a very polarizing guy. It wasn't like he was playing average last year with the Eagles. He was downright bad. And then it wasn't like he was average before because when they made that run to the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz was fantastic. So it's going to be very dependent on which version of Carson Wentz the Colts are going to get because aside from that, they have a pretty good uh, pretty good roster. But a lot of these games, as I mentioned, I think the Dolphins will enter as favorites. There's a lot of games here where there may be younger quarterbacks who are either their first time in the league or their first time with a new team. I mean, you look at some of these teams, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I acknowledge Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. He looks awesome, but I'm not sure if him as well as that very young Jacksonville roster will be in a rhythm at this point in the season over there in week six. Other games, the Houston Texans, we don't even know what their quarterback situation looks like. Zach Wilson over there for the Jets. I mean, I think he was a pretty impressive prospect, but to say the Jets have a multitude of weapons would be a stretch over there. Carolina with Sam Darnold. I'm basically treating him as a rookie, even though he is a veteran. I think that Adam Gase system plagued him to the extent that he needed a fresh start. So we don't know what we're going to see when it comes to Sam Darnold. Same thing could be said here about guys like Daniel Jones. Is Taysom Hill even going to be the guy or is it going to be Jameis Winston against the Saints? Is Mac Jones going to be the quarterback in week 18? There's a ton of opportunities here where the Dolphins could seize it just based purely on the idea that the quarterback there isn't going to be this consistent veteran guy in that spot. It's likely going to be a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience under his belt. So again, it's important to remember the NFL season is extremely long. We've seen how just one 
injury could shake up an entire season for a team. So it's very hard to predict looking at it and saying this is a gimme game. This is a super easy game. Uh, Again, I'm not saying that any given Sunday a team could pull off a win. I'm just saying that based on the records from last year, again, this is a a pretty favorable matchup and I would seem to agree just purely based on how many young and unproven teams the Dolphins face this season. Now to move on to the next topic, there was a press conference and Miles Gaskin was being interviewed by the media. And after that interview, there were a lot of people that were very excited about Miles Gaskin and how he's going to potentially progress even more than he did last season. So the Dolphins, of course, in the draft did not add anybody in those early rounds. A lot of people had their eye on Najee Harris. If you guys remember me, I was extremely big on Javante Williams and the idea of getting him. Other people are big on guys like Travis Etienne, maybe Kenneth Gainwell. At the end of the day, the Dolphins didn't get anybody in those early rounds. They ended up with Jared Dokes towards the tail end. But aside from that, it doesn't seem like they added an immediate competitor against Miles Gaskin at that position. So it's presumed that he is going to be the lead back as of right now. There could be a veteran added. We don't know yet. But a lot of people and especially Omar Kelly has been very big on Miles Gaskin and how he handled himself during that interview because he was kind of taking on more of a leadership role. He was acknowledging that he could have been better. But at the same time, Omar Kelly at one point offered praise and brought up this idea that he could have been one of the more productive running backs in the entire NFL if you kind of prorated his stats throughout an entire season. Of course, he missed time with that MCL sprain. He also missed time with COVID. But if he were to have played throughout the entire season and put up the same kind of numbers, he would have been one of the more productive backs in the entire NFL. Then in his response to that observation by Omar Kelly, he said he was thankful that somebody brought that to light and it was definitely a compliment. But at the same time, he said that wasn't the reality of what happened, basically. He said he is working right now so that he could achieve that in a full season because, of course, he missed time. So he's been working doing things like Pilates. He has been working on his knee stability as well as his his ankle health. Just because the little things like that could lead to him being healthy for an entire season and maybe reaching that level of production that it seems like he was capable of reaching. And that kind of segues into this next point that I think people were very down on Miles Gaskin. Of course, I was very big, as I mentioned earlier, on Javante Williams, but I wasn't looking at this running back position and saying this was in a complete disaster like other people are viewing it. I think Miles Gaskin caught a very bad rep and was an impressive guy given the expectations that we had for him entering the season. And Miles Gaskin, if you look at the stats, he was tremendous, not only as a runner, but as a receiving back, he was extremely productive. As a matter of fact, he had the third most yards after the catch per reception in terms of all running backs in the NFL behind only two guys, one of them being Jonathan Taylor, who was pretty good as a rookie, but the other one being a very elite Dalvin Cook. So the fact that Miles Gaskin was producing at that high of a level every single time he touched the ball as a receiving back really shows, I think, how valuable he is in the receiving game to this offense. So even though the Dolphins brought in a veteran who I think is going to be used more so in those obvious run situations, a guy like Malcolm Brown, I do think that Miles Gaskin is still going to be the lead back in this offense, and I wouldn't bet. I kind of touched on it in the last time I had an episode for Dolphins Talk, but it's hard to believe that Miles Gaskin would regress in any sort of way when you look at how the offense has progressed. They added a ton of weapons. That alone is going to force a defense to respect the deep ball when you have guys like Will Fuller, like Jalen Waddle. That alone is going to force the defense to be honest. They are not going to be able to load the box against Miles Gaskin 
constantly. On top of that, you consider this was an offensive line that had a rotation of three different rookie offensive linemen. They have another year under their belt. They have more experience. It's reasonable to assume the offensive line should be better. All of that, I think, should convert to Miles Gaskin having a more productive role this season. Now, to talk a little bit about some of the rookies out there, there haven't necessarily been any clips that we could really sink our teeth into. We've seen a little bit of Jalen Waddle running some routes. He looks good. A lot of people are very impressed with his stature. He looks pretty, you know, well built out there. Same thing could be said about Jalen Phillips, who is an absolute mauler, it seems like. But overall, not too much to kind of go off of based off of the practices, but they did have some interviews and there was one common theme that really resonated with each and every single one of these guys. You can kind of basically sum up the entire rookie interviews with these three basic quotes and it was that one of them that they're willing to play wherever the coach wants them and they want to help the team in any way they can. The next point that they made very clear was that the success that they had back in college doesn't translate to the professional level and they are aware of that. And then the third point being that they're so focused on the playbook that they're not really thinking of anything outside of that. And to kind of dive into some of the examples of these quotes that they asked the guys like Jalen Waddle at one point, what are you going to make your first big purchase? You just signed your rookie deal. What are you going to get with that? And he said, I haven't even thought of the money yet because I've been so deep in the playbook. That was one of the quotes he said. Another person asked him, uh, you know, like the game against Auburn where you were just tor torching the defense, you were celebrating, your arms were crossed and the fans were loving it. What was the feeling like that? And he said, honestly, I'm not even thinking about those moments in college because I'm so focused on doing it at the professional level. They asked Javon Holland what it would take to be a ball hawk in the NFL. And he was what some people may consider to be brutally honest. He said, guys, I have absolutely zero knowledge about how to get an interception in the NFL. These guys are a different caliber. And he's basically approaching this like it's a blank slate, taking a very humble approach. So whereas some of the media members may be a little bit frustrated, I don't know if the guys were media trained to kind of say these things. I don't know if it's because of this Brian Flores culture that has been instilled here. The media guys may be a little frustrated that there wasn't any sort of newsworthy, just quotes you could kind of sink your teeth into. But from a football standpoint, I think a lot of people are going to be very pleased with this idea that the guys are strictly focused, they're taking a humble approach, they're really diving into the playbook. And even though they haven't necessarily been saying anything that may be entertaining uh, from the media perspective, the fact that they are so focused on the craft this early on in their career, I think it's really a testament to not only what kind of players were drafted, but what kind of culture that Brian Flores is instilling over here in Miami. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to follow me on Twitter. You can do so. That is at Shady Steven. I do do a Dolphins podcast. If you'd like to hear more from me, it would be a huge help. You can check that out. It's on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. That is at Via The Source. You can follow it there as well. That's V-I-A The Source. If you haven't already, make sure to follow Dolphins Talk on Twitter. That is at Dolphins Talk. And for all your news about the team, you can stay updated at DolphinsTalk.com. That's where you can stay updated on everything about the Miami Dolphins. Guys, it was a pleasure to be your host. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso. This was your DolphinsTalk.com daily podcast. Thank you for listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast. Be sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every day for all of your latest Miami Dolphins news.